what's going on everybody <clears throat> welcome back to the crypto hangout i'm your host crypto crane 2 and you can follow me on twitter at crypto crane 2 and hope everybody had a great week following this halloween uh weekend and as you can see as the title of the show is um we're going to talk about the fed today uh, we're going to go over as normally, uh, as usual, go over the, you know, market movers for the week, as well as some news, and then we'll go over the Twitter news, and we'll talk about the Fed interest rates and the bond markets, and the impact that it's going to have on the um, markets all around, and what um, it's going to affect. And uh, so, before we get into the show. Uh, once you go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit that bell notification, and if you're listening to us or watching us on Spotify, Pandora, Sirius XM Radio, or Amazon uh, Music, uh, go ahead and hit the follow, and don't forget to hit the rate button and give us a rating. We will greatly appreciate that as we uh, continue on uh, with the shows and episodes that we're going to drop every Sunday uh, night that we do and for those of you that are on YouTube we appreciate you guys for tuning in and um, paying attention to us and uh, following us as well and the chat is active so any questions that you have in the chat this is live like I said this is a hangout session so you can ask any questions comment on any news uh, give your thoughts or your commentary what you think uh, on any of the articles that are presented all right, so before we get into it, uh, just remember to hit that uh, bell notification button right there on the page. And here is the page on Pandora where you can find the MetaSpot podcast where we talk about the metaverse. Um, go ahead and change that over real quick. Where we talk about the uh, metaverse. It's the metaverse podcast right here. As you can see, we have a couple episodes up there as well. And, um, you know, we have different guests come on and we go into deep dives into the metaverse and dip different crypto uh, NFT uh, projects as well. All right, so let's go ahead and get started into uh, today's show. So let's go ahead and look at this right here, get into the uh, markets. As you can see, you have Bitcoin 
it's up 2.61 percent, sitting at $21,015.61. There's been a lot of movement in the uh, crypto market this past week, as they say is the what they call a midterm rally, uh, so to speak. Um, but we'll see if that lasts and how long it'll last. So if we get back to the usual uh, crash, dip, or, and, and whatnot. All right, so Bitcoin, as you can see, is up 2.6% for the seven days. Ethereum is up 1.1%. Uh, BNB is up 10.31%. Uh, XRP is up 4.48%. Binance, BUSD, uh, which is supposed to be a stable coin, is down 0.04%. Dogecoin is down 0.83%. got Cardano, that's up 2.27%. Solana, up 1.52%. Polygon, Matic up 35.66 percent wow that's that was a whole lot there's a lot of news with polygon this past week too as well which contributed to the uh the rise you got a lot of a lot of uh dApps that are building on polygonmatic and a lot of businesses that are integrating uh their services and products with uh polygonmatic so that is a coin that you might want to watch out for or look out for and uh, pay attention to all right uh, Polkadot's up 5%, Shiba Inu's up 1.86%, Tron TRX is up 0.10%, Avalanche is up 1.34%, Uniswap is up 5.48%, Bitcoin is up 2.71%, Litecoin is up a whopping 32.21%, Cosmos Atom is up 6.02%, Chainlink is up 8.14%, Ethereum Classic is up 6.35%, CRO is up 5.51%, FTT token, which we're also going to talk about today, is down 10.91%. Uh, you've seen a mass exodus run out of this right here, as you can see. As um, We have some news as to why this is happening and why this is down 10.9%. So stay tuned towards the end of the show. Um, Algorand is up 13.76%. Uh, Monero XMR is up 6.48%. Stellar XM is up 0.23%. Near Protocol is up 2.47%. Bitcoin Cash is up 3.22%. Uh, TON is uh, down 3.11%. Quant QNT is down 4.13%. Filecoin is down is up 11.24%. Flow is up 5.6%. VeChain is up 7.98%. Chili's is up 22.1%. And Terra Classic, which is Luna C, is down 4.64%. ApeCoin is up 2.39%. ICP, Internet Computer uh, Protocol, is up 2.15%. Hedera HBAR is up 0.03%. OKB is up 37.86%. Elrond Gold is down 6.9%. Sandbox is down 1.2%. Tezos is... Um, Tezos is down 1.68%. Decentraland Mana is up 1.2%. Ave is up 5.33%. Uh, Huawei token is down 5.8%. Theta uh, Network Coin is up 6.93%. EOS is up 2.04%. Chain XCN is up 4.60%. KuCoin token KCS is up 1.21%. Axie Affinity is up uh 12.17 and that rounds out your top 50 coins and uh, the weekly movers and shakers all right and as you can see is the crypto bubbles as we always go into crypto bubbles 
we will show you right here. It just shows the same thing for the week market cap. You have we mix is up 43%. Hex is down minus 19, 3%, which is news. Uh, some things happen to Hex as well. We're going to get into that as well. It's going to be a part of the news, and you'll understand why this is down 19% as well. Uh, Litecoin is up uh, 30%, as you can see. Chills was recovered some of the other coins, and as you can see, on, as far as the crypto bubbles go. Uh, for the week, go market cap for the week, and you can see the biggest movers. Bitcoin is up 2.1%. Market cap, ETH is up 0.1%. And market cap, BNB is up 9.2%. XRP rounded it out at 3.5%. And then Doge is down 4.5% uh, market cap weekly. All right, uh, as you can see here, you got Matic right there up 34%. And then dot up uh, actually Litecoin followed behind that with that you know weekly cap as you can see earlier. All right, so let's get into this uh, get into this news. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Now we have here you know got some Solana news. We have crypto wireless carrier Helium Mobile. Will power Solana's Saga, uh, uh, yeah, Saga smartphone. Says here that Solana Labs' upcoming Android phone can use Helium hybrid, Helium's hybrid carrier, which fuses decentralized network with T-Mobile's 5G. Now that could be big, you know. So it's going to be a decentralized network. It's going to be a hybrid carrier, so it's going to have, uh, you know, it's going to use a. Uh, Helium's mobile slash T-Mobile, so 5G, you know, with the T-Mobile's 5G network, you know, so it says a Solana Saga smartphone can be used on the upcoming Helium mobile network. Helium mobile pairs the Helium 5G decentralized network with coverage from T-Mobile's nationwide 5G network, right? Says, uh, you know, in Lisbon, Helium and Solana announced a partnership to bring the upcoming mobile service, a smartphone carrier powered in part by T-Mobile, to Solana's crypto-centric Saga smartphone. The launch will be in early 2023. It's powered by Android. It will come with a 30-day free trial for Helium Mobile in the United States, offering unlimited voice and text use. Uh, unlimited voice and text use during that span. The Saga phone will not be exclusive to Helium Mobile. However, a Helium representative clarified to, uh, that Solana Lab smartphone can be used with other carriers instead. So that'll be big. Uh, it won't just be with uh, Solana. You'll be able to use it with other carriers. It just won't be with T-Mobile or Helium. You'll be able to use it with AT&T and any other uh, carrier as far as Metro, which is, I guess, is part of T-Mobile. Uh, so... Yeah, so that's big. So, Crypto Wireless Carry Helium partners with Solana. So, yeah. All right. Next, we have New Ethereum Altcoin is set for a launch, which is actually set to launch tomorrow. Okay. So, we have um, Hashflow. All right. So, Hashflow. Hashflow is announced that uh, it is um, launching tomorrow and it's actually going to be uh, added to Coinbase as well as uh, a couple of other decentralized exchanges or DEX, or DEXs, okay? It's built on Ethereum network. It aims for interpolability, zero slippage, and minor extractable value protected trades, right? So, 
it's going to be on Coinbase. It's, it'll be um, you'll start to see it on different exchanges as early as tomorrow, uh, which is Monday, the seventh of November. So you'll, you'll you will see them see that coin and be able to trade and actually get that coin. And it's actually uh, you know being built on the Ethereum network, and it's backed by a couple of heavyweights. Actually, is uh, backed by Galaxy Digital, Alameda Research, and Coinbase. Coinbase's venture capital arm Coinbase Ventures. So this is something that you might want to look at and see if there's something that you can, uh, you know, be interested into getting, or you know, at least taking a look, at, a deep dive into, and see if it's it's your stilo or or something like that. Me, um, I'm kind of all tapped out of all the uh, Ethereum coins, uh, altcoins, etc. As far as as the fees go well, when it comes to anything in ethereum and not only that uh, if you have not watched the previous video that we done about the eea and the uh, which is the ethereum enterprise alliance or how ethereum is not as decentralized as they claim then i suggest you go back and watch that video and you can understand my position on ethereum although i do hold some ethereum I'm not telling you not to hold it i'm just letting you know that uh, i myself are, am not a very big uh, believer or backer into the uh, ethereum network all right so um but yeah so it's a new coin coming out and it's backed by some heavyweights uh coinbase ventures and galaxy digital alameda research the name of it is called Hashflow. Its uh, symbol is going to be uh, HFT. So those of you that are paying attention or, or that are on the live or catching the replay, um, you know, might be something that you might want to take a look into, something that you might want to research and see exactly what it is about. All right. Next up, we got CryptoWell moves $1.58 in Bitcoin where the new bitcoin is now being stored so for you know I, I onboard a lot of newcomers to crypto so if you don't know what a well is a well is a large holder of a particular coin and normally the wells are going to tell you exactly what's coming up so if it's moving off an exchange then you know that the prices are pretty much not going to be going up anytime soon or that's what they believe. If it's going towards the exchanges, then they're expecting it. They're, they're getting ready to up, to upload or take some of their profits. All right. So that's how how majority of the people kind of play the game when it when it comes to that and those things. But let's go ahead and get into this article. It says, according to data shared on blockchain.com, a cryptocurrency well has moved crypto from a wallet that accumulated over seventy four thousand one hundred and five Bitcoin worth over one point five eight billion. The Bitcoins were moved to wallets of unknown origin. Uh, um, so, yeah, so they, actually they, they don't know who exactly where it went to. So that, that's that's kind of, you know, what the blockchain is for. You'd be able to track it and trace it down. But apparently they can't find out or they don't know who owns the wallet. Uh, in a separate transaction, the well moved 50,562 Bitcoin worth nearly $1.08 in another transaction. They moved 23,542 Bitcoin uh, worth 505 million. In a series of large transactions, the well moved 4,000 Bitcoin, 10,000 Bitcoin, 10,000 Bitcoin, um, two more times, uh, just under 10,000 Bitcoin, and then the rest of the trans uh, another three transactions of 10,000, and then a final transaction of 562. 
It says the crypto world sent cryptocurrencies from exchanges when they plan to hold their investments for an extended period of time. All right, so are they sending it, you know, let's see here. They says they moved it from a wallet, but they didn't say if it moved to an exchange, though. Therefore, storing large amounts of money on the exchange presents an additional risk of theft. Last week, various crypto wells moved Ethereum, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, and XRP in 24 hours, amounting, amounting in 412, I guess that $412 billion, uh, just over $412 billion. Talking about Bitcoin's performance in the current market scenario, a crypto analyst at ARK said for the first time in history, Bitcoin is less volatile than both the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. The last time volatility was this low, Bitcoin rose from 9,000 to 60,000 in less than a year. Boy, and so you got that that, that um, precedent right there, something to look forward to, some good news. As you can see, you had that little market rally that's been, that, that you know, happened this past week. So, see here. Now. This right here particularly caught my eye, and for all you all you out there that trade or that took some profits, um, you might want to you know <laughs> pay attention to this right here, especially if you filed your taxes and you didn't account for the crypto profits that you took. All right, it says influencers of seven billion crypto project issue subpoenas by the SEC. So here's what you need to know. All right, so we're gonna go over this. We're gonna read this in its entirety. Because it speaks about different uh, diff different things. Uh, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission has subpoenaed some influencers of Hex, a crypto project with a market cap of about seven billion. And I personally know some um, a friend of mine's uh, buddy actually made a couple of million off of Hex. Um, so I think they invested. I think it was like twenty five hundred, uh, might have been like five grand, and. Uh, when it was very, very cheap and didn't have it run up uh, right before the markets crash and they ended up making a couple of million dollars off of that. Uh, so yeah. Prominent crypto evangelist Eric Wall uh, initially revealed the news on Twitter sharing the official documents sent by the regulatory body. He added the influencers of two other crypto projects, Pulse Chain and PulseX, have also received subpoenas from the SEC. Now, how many of you guys paying attention or are in here have uh, actually uh, Involved in Hex, Pulse Chain, or uh, Pulse X. So let me, let me put the, put this poll up here in the chat real quick. So I want to know. I want to hear from you guys. I want to see what you guys have to say. It says, guys, it's happening. Hexkins influencers are getting subpoenaed by the SEC over Hex, Pulse Chain, and Pulse X. The Hex information channels are filled with information about how you share digital evidence, Wall said. It says, as someone who sent hundreds of subpoenas as an SEC lawyer, I'm here for all the misinformation responses claimed by subpoena is fake. 
Please don't blindly accept offers to debunk a subpoena from people who have never uh, never seen one before, they said. So, yeah, so they subpoenaed all those uh, influencers um, that, you know, that pushed hex on all the social plat media platforms, YouTube, uh, etc. Now, down here, it says the SEC are ramping up its uh, crypto oversight efforts. It says, while crypto Ponzi schemes are nothing out of the norm, the SEC and other financial regulators have largely ramped up their efforts to make more scammers, to make sure scammers don't go unpunished. As reported, the SEC filed charges against the founder and three promoters of TradeCoin Club last week, arguing that they duped investors into seeking money in a fraudulent crypto trading bot. Similarly, in early August, the agency charged 11 individuals for their roles in the alleged crypto pyramid and Ponzi schemes. Right? We all know that crypto has a lot of Ponzi schemes in there, so got to be careful in that. Now, one billion crypto hack fears spare twenty percent as Gala plunged. Now, I'm a big, uh, I, I'm a big investor in Gala, I'm a big supporter of Gala, so I have I will disclose that. And uh, they had a hack, and they say that they ha attacked itself as a safeguard. So saying that they pretty much did this stuff to themselves as a safeguard to safeguard the uh, you know test the network. So this is something that I have to side eye about. All right, so I wanted to bring you bring you this right here. And that that was the reason why it plunged twenty percent. Okay. Now, near protocol, you hear a lot of, on the net about near protocol. Near wallet users jumped from two million, and IRS is preparing hundreds of crypto cases. Now, this is what I was going to talk to you guys about for you who have not filed the tax, uh, crypto taxes, or not paid your crypto taxes it says the united states criminal Div investigation division preparing hundreds of crypto involved cases many of which will soon be available to the public according to bloomberg citing the division chief jim lee the cases reportedly involve crypto to fiat off-ramping the cases reportedly involve crypto to fiat off-ramping transactions as well as individuals being paid in crypto and not reporting it as income. So it looks like the, the, the IRS is starting to come out through. So I'm going to read it again. It says the cases reported reportedly involve crypto to fiat off ramping. Okay. So you move it all, when you move your, your crypto, right, into fiat, when you, when you go ahead and cash it in and you're not accounting for it or your taxes, they're coming for it. They're coming for you. As well as individuals being paid in crypto. So if you're being, being paid in crypto and you're not paying taxes on it, they're trying to come for you. And I have a feeling that they're going to have some type of, uh, some type of language uh, uh, dealing with this in the uh, regulations that are coming up. So you, you can best, you know, bet your do uh, bottom dollar that the regulations will involve some type of language that deals with this right here with some type of percentage and and how many times which is kind of going to suck because if you're getting taxed for every transaction are you paying a fee for every transaction you're also going to pay a um a tax when you're moving it um you know so 
But the government got to get theirs, as always. Government's got to get theirs. Litecoin, mining difficulty is hitting new highs, Foundation says. So you had a lot of miners that are moving from Ethereum to Litecoin. And, you know, the difficulty is starting to get high. So that's something that you, for my miners, you know, that you got to look out to for. And if I have some news for my NFT holders that use NF, uh, Ethereum OpenSea uh, platform. As they are changing the NFT royalties. And a lot of the creators don't like what they hear. Because uh, from my understanding, there's been a thing going out for like zero or royalty uh, movement that's been going on amongst the different platforms. Uh, so it says OpenSea shared its plans regarding NFT creator plat uh, royalties amid a growing trend of rival marketplaces not honoring them. Notable creators suggest that OpenSea's messaging is unclear and potentially misleading and that part of its plan is anti-competitive, right? So, as of right now, you know, when crypto first came out, OpenSea was like the top-notch um, NFT platform, and it still is. Uh, I, don't, I don't know of any other platform outside of Rarible uh, that's on the Ethereum network that can pretty much competes with them. And if my, and if I'm not mistakenly uh, mistaken that they go hand in hand, if you upload on OpenSea, it, it goes on to Rarible and vice versa. So I think there's some type of collaboration or some type of partnership or ownership involved in that. Uh, don't quote me on that. Um, but as OpenSea is one of the most uh, widely used platforms is for ethereum so this is uh going to affect a lot of those creators and and artists on the, on the ethereum network who, who used it who were counting on those high ethereum fees okay now uh now here it says many platforms shifted away from honoring creator set royalties in recent weeks the top marketplace OpenSea, have remained silent on the subject um, but apparently it's not silent no more. So it says on Saturday night, the 13.3 billion startup finally showed its hand. But OpenSea newly expressed strategy isn't hitting well with new prominent Web3 creators. And so they have a whole Twitter thread uh, and it shows that where people were showing their displeasure. And it says, you know, where they put it right here on, on Twitter and uh, people were not actually happy about that. Okay. And uh, they're actually following uh, some of the what's going on on Solana, on the Solana uh, NFT marketplaces, as it says right here. In recent months, many upstart and rival marketplaces have attempted to claw away market share by offering zero royalty trading, or making them optional. Nearly the entire Solana NFT market now operates with these models. After Magic Eden made royalties optionals for traders, and Ethereum platforms like X2Y2, Luxrare, and Blur have followed suit. When creator royalty fees aren't required, many traders opt not to pay them. Data for X2Y2 in late October, shared by synonymous proof of uh, proof director of research, Punk9059, showed that just 18% of traders bother to pay any royalty amount. Free writing is too easy, they said. And you have a tweet right here that's going that's showing this right here. Actually, it says a month ago, around 75% of NFT buyers opted in to paying royalties on X2Y2 when given the choice. Now that the number is around 18%. 
The idea of tip draw royalties where buyers can opt in or opt out will likely prove to be just a zero royalty policy over time. Free riding is too easy. And as it, it shows the, the uh, data right here, as you can see, uh, it shows that data chart. And uh, actually, it takes two tweet. We don't want to do that. So, right there, etc. So, that right there. Now we have Elon. So, as you know, in the headlines, Elon Musk has been in the news lately. Uh, he has not every, pretty much every day. He has officially bought Twitter, and he is making a lot of changes. And he's he's uh, he's um what do you he, what, what's the word to say? He's uh doing a not necessarily a corporate takeover, but he's cleaning house is what he's doing. So he you know and in the process of cleaning house, he's he's released some. Very interesting revelations. Okay, so as you can see, pay Twitter verification verification is rolling out, and this is one of the changes that he's going to do. He's going to charge eight dollars to uh, to get verified, and uh, this is one of those things that he's that he's changing. Is this going to be good? Is it, you know, who knows? And we'll just have to see. So. Now, the other thing that he's also doing, he's also laying off a bunch, he, or he has laid off a bunch of employees, right? And there was a lot of speculation that he was going to integrate Dogecoin into the Twitter, right? Right? That was the price, uh, that was the reason for the price of Dogecoin uh, skyrocketing slightly before, a couple of days before his purchase, or either right after his purchase. Uh, but I think it was right before his purchase. But uh, so there's a lot of speculation that he's going to integrate the Dogecoin into Twitter, as he has always called Doge the people's coin. And so I can I can actually see him actually doing that. But the only thing or only problem, in my opinion, that he would obstacle that he would face would be getting over the SEC and making sure that Dogecoin is not a security, etc. All right. Make sure that it's properly decentralized. That it that it's properly, um, you know, under the radar for the SEC because they are not playing. They're trying to come out the any and everything. All right. So now we go ahead to Twitter news. We got Twitter news going ready, as always. The Twitter portion. We cover what's going on on Twitter news. We got central banks buying gold for a reason, right? This is the ultimate form of money from the Wall Street silver. Now here he's showing the demand for the central bank gold. As you can see, there's a quarter one, quarter quarter three, this is 2013, this is 2014, this is 2015, 2016. You can see the quarters. And this is 2022 right here. As you can see, they started buying just under 250, uh, I guess it's what, 250 million or 250, uh, uh, well, I'm not sure if this is a million ounces or whatnot. Uh, but anyway, it's under 250, as you can see. And it's go, it went, started to go down a little bit. But as you can see right here, it's quarter three. Look what they did. Gold demand. Why are the central banks of the world buying gold? Ask yourself that. Right? Ask yourself that. 
Now, we had a little bit of news from Mr. Deegan, you know, the people's lawyer, as, as we like to call him, the XRP people's lawyer. And he says he's not sure uh, why people are saying things because he was looking at the peep, the, uh, not the peep, but the uh, tweet from Anthony Papalino, right? He says if Elon wants, really wants to turn Twitter into a payments app, then Bitcoin is the only payment network that can handle instantaneous global microtransactions at scale. Twitter chipping already allows users to send USD or BTC over the Bitcoin network, so natural extensions. And uh, it looks like Mr. Deaton took offense to this right here because, as he says, he's not sure why people say things that are de uh, demonstrably not true. And before the haters call him an XRP maxi, uh, he has a larger investment in Bitcoin than XRP. But he doesn't know why people ignore the fact that XRP was being used as a micropayment on Twitter several years before bitcoin now this is news to me this is something that i did not know i did not know that xrp was being used as micropayments on twitter several years before bitcoin so this is this is interesting news right here and he goes on to say now here and follow up in the thread it says in 2014 the goa called xrp a virtual currency in a decentralized payment system and he says in his animecus brief he explains this to the judge and uh, private evidence that XRP holders have been utilizing this peer-to-peer -peer decentralized payment system since ever since, including on Twitter. He says, see here, describing the XRP tip bot as the multi-platform application that monitors social media posts on Twitter, Reddit, or Discord and allows one person to send another person XRP. The XRP tip bot has also been used for good, helping many charities. He later goes on to say, Twitter banned the XRP tip bot unexpectedly in 2020. See, likely because the um, because Jack at the time, the uh, owner Jack Dorsey supported Bitcoin and the Bitcoin Lightning Network, which is perfectly OK. But let's not ignore the truth. And here he put a link to an article where it says right here, XRP tip bot banned by Twitter. And here's what happened. Right. So. That was some news that I did not know. And I, um, comment in the chat, uh, uh, comment below in the comments section, and let me guys know if, if if you knew that, if you were uh, up on game on that uh, hangout game, because I I wasn't up on game on that. You know, that's something that that's that's new to me. Right. So moving right along, we have here FTX insolvent. So. The rumors are circulating that FTX is insolvent, and this right here, uh, Dual Nine, seems to say he has proof. So let's go over it. it says FTX Exchange and Alameda Research hold eight billion in FTT value, which is illiquid against a real market cap of three billion. So right then and there, he says that. They hold eight billion FTT value, but the real market cap is three billion. So that's five billion of magic money they report on their balance sheet. So he's saying that there is a five billion um, number difference uh, than what they are reporting on their balance sheet. So, yeah. That's a big difference right there. And he goes on the sword right here. As you can see, I'll make it bigger for those on, on the screen for you. 
as you can see, it has a market cap of three thousand and a fully diluted market cap of eight. Uh, not uh, three thousand, three billion, and a fully diluted market cap of eight billion. Now, since we just showed you that, now we're going to show you a whale transferring the FTT, and we uh, come to find out that it's Binance, right? So a giant whale transferred twenty-three million. FTT, which is 530 million to Binance yesterday, right? So when is this tweet? This tweet was on today, November 6th at 6.50 this morning. After that, the price of FTT began to gradually decrease from 25.4 and 40 cents to 22 and 82 cents, a decrease of 10%. What happened to FTT? So let's check out at look on change thread this is at look on change so let's check on at look on change thread and see what happened right here and where this money went to as it went from 530 million worth of ftt tokens went off the exchange to binance it says number two on november 2nd coindesk posted that according to a private financial documents reviewed by coindesk it showed a glitch in alameda's balance sheet Right, and here's the article right here that he links links to that. Look on chain also says uh, Mike Berg, uh, who is this? Mike Bergensberg posted an article titled "Is Alameda Research Insolvent and Receiving a Like from CZ Binance?" Right. So keep in mind, Alameda has a lot of money invested into FTT, right? The FTT coin, right? Meanwhile. Let's see here. So this is this is this is him liking the tweet right here. Crypto is high risk, liking the tweet, etc. Just just two hours after uh, CZ from Binance tweeted, the whale transferred twenty three million FTT to Binance and started to sell. That's where you get the ten percent price drop. So many people think that this whale may be Binance, me included. Okay, I think the person is Binance. You have the money moving, you have the tweet from CZ, and then you have uh, uh, you know the, the the price of FTT starting to fall. And here you have Autism Capital tweet. Interesting move from Binance. Looks like they just moved the remainder of their investment in FTX uh, in preparation for sale. They're ramping up the Sam Fudd big time. The irony of dumping on retail to hurt competition. Says so with FTT crash, right? And he said so they did a, they did an analysis on it. Says according to Coin Gecko, the the current total supply of FTT is three hundred twenty eight billion, and the circulating supply is one hundred thirty three billion. And they go ahead and show to show the uh, the the uh, tokenomics right here, and the allocation, right? The allocations, the other investors, etc. Says here's the top 50 holders of FTT. They hold a total of 322.72 million, accounting for the 98% uh, of the total supply. All right, and look on chain gives a list of everything right here. 
says among the top 50 holders, Alameda and FTX holders a total of 20, $245 million. FTT according, accounting for 74.51% of the total supply. Binance holds a total of 24.35 FTT, accounting for 7.4% of the total supply. All right, so it says they analyze the addresses with the net asset value of more than one week of USD uh, of Alameda and found that Alameda only has 100 180 million worth of assets, of which the stablecoin assets are less than 60 million. Next, they analyzed FTX2 wallets and found that FTX hosts assets worth 2.71 billion, of which nearly 1.2 billion worth of FTT. Right, so their stablecoin assets are about 240 million. It says, so FTX and Alameda currently holds about 300 million of stable currency assets. These stable currency assets are not enough to buy 60% of the 23 million FTT transferred by this whale. So once the big whales start to sell, it's very likely that FTT will crash. And I agree. I agree. It's very, uh, I 100% agree on this. I actually 1,000, 1 million percent agree with this. They don't have enough money to cover the sale of that whale selling all 23 million of that of FTT, right? So of course it's going to crash. Of course it's going to crash. Now, look on chain also states, okay, where did it go? Hold on, hold on, let me go. Look on chain also says if you hold FTT or plan to short a long FTT, be sure to keep an eye out on the whales. And I agree. I 1000% agree. Okay? I 1000% agree. If any of you are in FTT right now, this is something that you might want to look at. Right? If you have a Twitter account, you might want to go and check out the thread that Look On Chained uh, did. This is his Twitter account right here, Look On Chain at Look On Chain, and he has a very compelling argument uh, for FTT and the crash of FTT. Okay, so check out his thread on that, and uh, um, and tell me what you think. Comment in the chat. Tell me what you think. You, after after seeing the evidence, after reading the thread, do you think that it's going to crash? Do you think there's enough liquidity in there to cover that sale of that 200 of that 550 540 million dollars worth of FTT? Now, now we'll go ahead and get into getting into the uh, what I wanted to show you guys about the uh, the markets or whatnot. Okay, when it comes down to the treasury and the bonds markets, they're in big trouble. They're in very big trouble. You know, 
a lot of people are looking for safe investments. They're looking for a safe place or a safe haven to move their money into. Uh, there's a lot of FUD out there uh, in regarding the markets everywhere you turn. The housing market is, is, is starting to crash. Vehicle market is starting to crash. You have the, you know, outside of this rally in the crypto market, it, it was starting to crash. So where do you put your money into? Me, I'm staying crypto. Not telling you to, not saying you have to, but me, I'm, I'm staying in crypto. Right? Opportunity of a lifetime is how I see it. Opportunity of a lifetime. Now, right here, the biggest, biggest article of the show. Biggest winners and losers from the Fed's interest rate hike. As you know, the Fed raised interest rates again, another 75 basis points. This is like the third or fourth time they have raised it. And they are going to keep raising the basis points until there is uh, something breaks. There is no sign of them slowing down. There's no sign of them pivoting and, um, you know, at all. So you have to assume that they are going to keep on raising the rates until they can't raise them anymore. Right? Until something breaks. Now, this is not necessarily a bad thing that they're doing this. Because it's going to present an opportunity of a lifetime. Right? You have the bond markets that are, that are going to fall. You have the, you know, the, the crypto markets are certainly going to fall during this time. And uh, let's go ahead and read a little bit of this article real quick so you can understand why, exactly why this, this is going to be a good thing and exactly what is going to be affected. Okay. Now, it's imperative that you stay with me while we read this article. All right. I appreciate all my um, listeners and viewers that are still with us here after this uh, 48 minutes. I know it's been quite a long time for us to get to the meat and potatoes of it, but I guarantee you. Uh, you'll, you'll be glad that you did by the time the show is over. We only have probably another 15 to 20 minutes before the show uh, will end, okay? And I appreciate every one of you hanging out game. The Federal Reserve announced that it's raising interest rates uh, by 75 percentage points following its November 1st to 2nd meeting. Bumping the federal funds rate to a target range of 3.75 to 4%. It's the fourth straight time the Federal Reserve has raised rates 75 basis time. As I was right, I correct, the fourth time. I thought it was three, but it was actually four times they didn't raise it, right? So that's four times. As central bank rapidly reduces liquidity in the financial markets to help tamp down inflation. So it says the decision comes as inflation raises in the U.S. economy at some of the highest annual rates in 40 years. So this is the highest inflation that we've had in 40 years, and they're still raising rates. Why? Because they, they're not going to stop. They're not going to pivot into that something breaks. Your food is going to cost higher. Your gas is going to cost higher. Your everyday products and commodities are going to just, prices are just going to continue to rise every time they raise the basis points of interest rates. Okay. So with the fourth consecutive rate hike of uh, 0.75%, after going 28 years without one that large, 
speaks to the urgency of the Fed's task, said Greg McBride, CFA bank rate chief financial analyst. They relate to acknowledging inflation, late to wind down stimulus, late to start raising rates, and late to ramp up rate hikes in a meaningful way. They're still playing catch up against the inflation that continues to run near 40 year highs. So what exactly is going to be affected by all this, right? First things first, mortgages, housing market. The housing market is going to be affected and the rates are going to be uh, um, affected. How? It says while the federal funds rate doesn't really impact mortgage rates, which depends largely on the 10-year Treasury yield, they're often moving the same way for similar reasons. With the 10-year Treasury yield zooming higher in recent months, as market prices and the Fed aggressively raising the Fed funds rate, mortgage rates have sharply risen alongside of them. Exactly. People can't afford houses anymore. The run-up in rates following the rapid rise in housing prices over the past decade, over the past couple of years, has created a, a double whammy for potential home buyers. Home prices are more expensive and the financing is pricier, resulting in a slowdown in the housing market. Mortgage rates have increased at the fastest pace on record, hitting 20-year highs, said McBride. The housing market has also been red hot earlier this year, has gone cold, has gone cold. As higher rates price out would be home buyers. I just said that, right? The higher rates are pricing out home buyers. You can't buy a house. The increase in mortgage rates since the beginning of the year has the same impact on affordability as 35% increase in home prices. Savings accounts and CDs, right? Thought you were going to save money? Uh-uh. No, thought you were going to buy your CD, put your money in the CD at the bank? Nope, not happening either. There's nowhere to run. Rising interest rates mean that banks will offer rising returns on their savings and money market accounts. But the speed with which they do this will vary from bank to bank. So yeah, they're taking all your money. They're just going to big dog you like that. If you're, if, you know, like I said, if you're seeking the top yielding nationally available offers on accounts, uh, savings accounts, money markets, and CDs, you are seeing returns that you haven't seen since late 2008 and they're poised to rise further. So, actually, it says that you're, uh, uh, you're actually seeing good returns. It says you're seeing returns that you haven't seen since 2008. It says, uh, you should consider turning, in, turning to online banks or the top credit unions where rates are typically much better than those uh, offered by traditional banks. So, online banks or top credit unions offer better rates. Hmm, that's interesting. Some knowledge I didn't know. When it comes to CDs, account holders who recently locked in rates will retain those yields for the term of the CD unless they're willing to pay a penalty to break it. For these better yields to truly shine, we need inf inflation to come down in a meaningful way. Earning 3.5 to 4% is a lot better when inflation is 2.5% than, um, than it is now at over 8%, says McBride. You have stock and bond investors. The stock market, which the stock market really is not doing good right now. So bonds are going to crash, which I'm going to get over and show you one last thing before the show ends about that as well. Uh, borrowers, credit cards, and it says the U.S. federal government. 
Says bottom line, inflation has been running hot over the last couple of years, and the Fed is aggressively raising interest rates to combat it. So plan carefully for how to take advantage, for example, by being more discriminating when it comes to shopping for rates on your savings accounts and CDs. So with that being said, right here on the CME groups, the Treasury Watch Tool. And I wanted to show you guys this right here on this Treasury Watch Tool. So you have here where they're auctioning off debt. And that's not the one I'm looking for. I'm looking for the quarterly issuance. So you have here, as you can see, 2022 and the projections for 2023. This right here is a treasury issuance. You have two-year bonds, three-year bonds, five-year bonds, seven-year bonds, ten-year bonds, etc. As you can see, it's been the issuance has been going down. Every year it's going down. December every month is going down. December 2021, two-year issuance, two-year bonds, 58. January 2022, two-year bonds, 54. February two-year bonds 52 right and it's all across five-year bonds is go it's going down it's not good so now it's going to be a big opportunity in the markets because if they were projecting um you know um They don't really, they, and pretty much what it is right here, if the rates will go higher, are going to go any higher, which they, which they probably, uh, probably are. You will see a lot more, you will see these numbers go up, go up more. In other words, the 10 year, the 10 year yield, especially you would see the 10 year year go up because that would be, that would show them thinking that, um, you know, thinking that, that, that the, uh, the Fed is going to pivot and it's not going to raise rates, that they're going to reverse the interest rates and it's going to fall and, um, and actually uh, stop cutting interest rates. So you will see more investments going into bonds and treasuries, treasury bonds, etc. But that's not the case. Um, so that's what, that's what I'm getting out of this right here. Okay, so I wanted to show you guys this. As you see, as you see, it's going down. It's, it's not. It's not going up because they don't believe that you know that that the inflation is going to to stop anytime soon. So these are long-term investments. Now, yeah, this right here is the Fed balance sheet. As you can see. It goes up. Let's see what it had in twenty twenty in twenty twenty. The um, you had one point six billion in mortgage backed securities. You had three hundred and twenty six uh thousand treas uh in treasury bill backed loans, I guess. Two hundred and 
233 in treasury notes bonds 3 million in uh in US treasury bonds for a total assets of 6 uh I guess it's what 6 trillion something like that. I'm not sure how they how they get these numbers to come up with it. But as you can see, they have been, you know, it's going up trillion trillion trillion. Right here. Here's what just under 5 trillion in 2020. Now in the third quarter, it's way over 7.5 trillion. The balance sheet it can't continue to keep going so cannot continue to keep going so you guys tell me what you think comment below let me let me know what you guys think about that I'm interested very interested now before we head out I wanted to play a couple videos for you guys I wanted to show you how this midterm election is really becoming the crypto election and how those that are not in tune in crypto that are politicians are behind the curve. So here you have Senator Elizabeth Warren talking about the impact of the election and the impact of crypto is going to have on the midterms. Okay, so let's go ahead and listen to her. Our regulators and frankly our Congress is an hour late and a dollar short and we need to catch up with where these cryptocurrencies are going. Congress has been calling for greater regulation of crypto for years, but it's been a lot of talk and to this point, not a lot of walk. We have the intention and we're just not quite getting it over the line. The crypto industry has been asking Congress to help create the rules of the road, but optimism on progress has faded as the midterms draw closer. There was some hope from many in industry that this was actually going to happen this year, that a bunch of bills that had been proposed were promising, that we could actually see some movement here on Capitol Hill. But just like pretty much everything in Washington, um, heading towards the end of 2022, it all seems kind of stuck right now. The bills that have gained the most traction include legislation to regulate stablecoins and to give the CFTC more power to oversee digital assets. But success on those initiatives. And as you can see, the uh, it's starting to heat up and it's starting to go big time. <laughs> and so the, the politicians are starting to pander to the crypto enthusiasts as they start to understand that majority of those voters that they are looking or seeking to vote for them are indeed crypto, especially the younger generation. Especially the younger generation. Now, Mr. Saylor, he had a few interesting things to say about Bitcoin. And before we end tonight's show, I want to play this um, so you guys can understand the importance of staying the course and the importance of tuning out FUD because there's a lot of FUD. It's going to be a lot more. Those that, sold, that, that, that stay the course will be successful, will be prosperous in the end. Okay. Now, before we go ahead and close out, listen to what Mr. Saylor says here. There's that warehouse. And so this infinite density gives me a lot of flexibility uh, to manage the property however I want. And then I think my last twist is I say to the genie, 
You know, I like Very the way you fixed here. my property and made it maintenance free and indestructible and immortal and allow me to program on a computer and move at the speed of light and make it non confiscatable, etc. But now I'd like I'd like you to guarantee me uh, that you don't sell more than 21 million blocks of this or do this for more than 21 million in the universe forever. So if you actually could get the universe to agree that there'll never be more than 21 million blocks of perfect property, that's the icing on the cake, right? When I, when I did everything else, I created uh, digital property, but when I capped it at 21 million blocks, I made it digital scarcity or the ultimate scarce property. It's, it's what happens to property values when the uh, city passes a law saying that no one can develop any more real estate. You cannot build any more buildings or you can't build a building more than 10 floors forever in city limits. When you put a restriction on the property development, it drives up the value of all the property within the city dramatically. So here we're talking about putting a a, a hard cap limit on digital property in the universe for all time. That's even much better than 21 million for the next hundred years or until, you know, the administration changes or someone passes a law or 21 million, but only until the United States of America ceases to be a nation state. That's not quite as good as 21 million. million Ah, so yeah, you get the get the gist of what he was saying, right? And I have, I have to definitely definitely agree with him. So, with that being said, until next Sunday, every Sunday, eight fifteen Central Standard Time, we go live. You can catch the replay on Spotify, on Amazon Music, on Pandora. Also, check out our other pack, uh, podcast, the Metaspot Podcast, which is on uh, Pandora, which is on Spotify, which is also on um, Amazon uh, Music as well. All right. So until next Sunday, we'll see you again. It's Crypto Crane 2. Peace.